everybody to our third ever episode of this workplace stress relief podcast, previously Beyond Burnout podcast. We can't make up our minds. What's happening? I'm so glad you're listening today. I'm Crystal Crawford, and I'm here with my partner in crime. Hello. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Listen to that voice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, there is Andres Cardenas talking today. I am the partner of this uh, dun, podcast dun, dun. of the music of Workplace Stress Relief, the podcast. This uh, English version, original. Listen, bilingual. Everybody who's bilingual, I salute you. <laughs> <laughs> I am learning Spanish, but it's, I'm just impressed. So we recently actually had our first ever mental health awareness event here in Cali. We are in Cali, Colombia. This is our base now. And last week, uh, you're being really shy. We did something amazing. <laughs> we, um, we were able, had the honor to serve 50 plus corporations of the city. And we were able to give them a speech about mental health. And this is a different conversation of mental health but it wasn't just a speech and we we provided oh also a taste of excess bars well it wasn't just a speech it was the, lunch a speech um, bars it was amazing imagine close your eyes for a moment and imagine you're able to come in for a lunch and then you have the opportunity to lay on a massage table where you have a um, access bars practitioner running some bars on your head and providing you with total relaxation. Um, one of the things where we said to people when they asked, what is, what is that? What, what is that access bars? We were saying to them, well, look at this. The worst case that could uh, happen is that you get like you went to the spa for the full day or your life can change. And within seconds, they were in the, on the table receiving the bars. <laughs> it was really beautiful. So if you guys have, are you listening and you have not yet had a taste of the bars, feel free to reach out to us because we'd be happy to either connect you or, you know, do it ourselves. And um, out of that came some conversations. And so what we're looking at now is really instituting workplace stress relief wellness systems in your workplace featuring access bars and also the tools of access consciousness because from our point of view, and experience, uh, there is nothing else that's proved as effective. And today you found an article uh, regarding Australian research about burnout. That's, that's true. We, we, we started all this process with a burnout quiz kind of thing. And kind and of a, a burnout angle because it's been it's such it's, a conversation right it's, now. It's a conversation and it was an angle and it was a lot about like what kind of burnout are you, it's not any question anymore of like are you suffering burnout or no, the question has evolved to what stage how of burnout, <laughs> yeah, how much burnout are you into yeah. and it was interesting because during the um, presentation um, the access bars were the main, was the main feature of the event but the tools of access consciousness, some verbal tools that you share with them, they were also really got a lot of people sitting on that chair with the mm, <laughs> constantly. <laughs> Everyone was looking at like, we actually, I do re recall a question from one of the participants that said, 
how do you even manage to talk to all these skeptical people into this sort of beautiful conversation? And I was just like, well, you know what? Skeptical people like their skepticism. I don't worry about them at all. I, you know, if they want to come try what I'm inviting them to, cool. And if not, that's okay too. So I do get that um, an alternative conversation on tools you can use and body processes you can use is not for everyone. But if you're still here, then it might be for you. And, you know, so what was the thing that stuck out to you about this article on burnout? Well, I mean, like, uh, all the world has been following a model from Dr. Maslach, and it's called the Maslach Burnout Inventory. Mm-hmm. Internationally, is is known as MBI. So what she's done is an extensive research on burnout. And what it uh, kind of provides you, you can find with her research uh, questionnaires for by industry so and you can kind of assess what kind of burnout stage are you in she also had the capability to provide you with enough material so we know a university develop a questionnaire and that gives you regardless of which industry are you in it gives you a sense of what sort of a stage of burnout are you in and what are the possible actions that you could take so there is a new player in town and is the uh, dr gabriela tavella uh, she's a phd research and she's just trying to do something new she's just taking from this massive inventory and trying to do something new, and there's a reason behind that. Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) One of the main reasons behind it is, like, every country has a total different health system and politicians, and so for every person around the world, this could look different. So they're trying to standardize it. Like, how do we measure burnout? What's the... Yeah. What's the textbook on this? Uh, yeah. yeah. So How do she, we diagnose it and treat it? Exactly. She's like, okay, well, I may go to another country and I could have medical attention for burnout and I could be covered. But here where I live, it's not really going to happen. So she gave us actually cases like in the U.S. is totally different than um, Europe and she's in Australia. So she's uh, coming up with a brand new um let's say focus focuses on in depression and anxiety and she talks more about focusing on three red flags and based on those three red flags um we can treat someone as burnout and this start getting really confusing based on the country where you are yeah so so that's interesting so i i see the attempt to really i guess give it clarity so that a diagnosis can be prescribed and then a treatment can be prescribed and one and I, which I think is an admirable thing. I think what we're looking at with so much of mental health or even physical health these days is the system as it has been for the last I don't know 70 years perhaps like I think this this diagnosis thing kind of started in the 50s. Please don't quote me on that. I'm semi-educated. But when I did read about it, the purpose of a diagnosis was to prescribe a treatment. And, and that seems on the surface like something that could work. But what I'm, what I'm seeing in almost all of the people that are looking for something like Access Bars is that they've been in that world and they've been diagnosed with different things, ADD, ADHD, um, you know, it, really extreme things like 
not as many schizophrenics, but like really diagnoses that range on the spectrum. And they've found that the, the, the diagnoses plus the treatment prescribed didn't really fix it. So I'm reading this article and I'm like, okay, appreciating the effort people are putting into try to speak to something that's clearly happening, but also simultaneously recognizing that if we don't include into our world a conversation around consciousness, we're actually missing what creates the true change. So I wonder where we want to go with that. Well, let's look at um, this PhD Tavera angle. Because what she's doing is she's she's actually challenging Dr. Maslach. Um, they're like doc, Dr. Maslach. She's been working for a while, and she established three red flags, and she mentions them as exhaustion. That's the first one. The second one, depersonalization, and the third one, sense of reduced professional efficacy. And what uh, Tavella explains and she's challenge is that there are some of these red flags, for example, reduced professional efficacy reflects a belief that you're not effective at work and your contribution had little impact. So she kind of want to bring up a brand, three brand new red flags. So three phases, she call it job stress and an imbalance between demands and resources. Number two, individual strain, which refers to an emotional response of exhaustion and anxiety. And number three, defensive coping when attitudes such as cynicism take hold. And I was wondering if I could start breaking down with you each one of these three red flags, because I know we talk about, you talk about this. We had this conversation about many of these topics by using other tools that it's not just a research, there's something different. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think she's incorrect about the symptoms. I mean, when I look at the symptoms, I'm like, yeah, you're, you start out stressed and then you get strained and then you go into coping because at that point you're just surviving. So I, it's very, it's an accurate diagnosis of symptoms. Um, what it, and so I think it's really looking at, okay, cool, yeah, get to know your symptoms, and then where do you go with that? What do you do with that? What do you be with the symptoms? Okay, here's what's showing up, now what? So what I can see happening in the article is that they're probably going to go into more like the medication or the, the prescription for a long vacation or rest, and maybe insurance companies are going to start to cover that, which I don't think is altogether bad. But what I do also get is we can start adding... A, adding to this. So for example, let's say you're in the phase of living, <laughs> having a job and living where you are stressed. There's an imbalance between the demands on you from everyone around you, your family, your job, yourself, um, and resources. And the primary resource being you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what do you, what do you do when that starts to show up when stress is the primary energy in your life kind of constantly, what, what are some of the things that you can do? Do you, do you have some things that you've started adding that really work for you? Well, immediately, it pops up to my head immediately. It's like balance of my body. When, mm. when, when you, it's like you, you red flag internally is just telling you there's something not functioning well. There is no efficiency. There is what was working before is not. Is it your body? Is it you? Is it that you've gone into an imbalance? You, I, like the first thing that comes up is 
is you tend to put yourself this guilt on and you start to look for the ways to correct it. And I'm a body person, so I, I look at, of course, I, it also comes with meditation and some other mindfulness uh, practices, but it, it comes down to that. Okay, so yeah, and I've seen this with you. You move your body. Basically, like if the stress is high and the overwhelm is high, I mean, you try to do that just regularly, but especially if there's just an imbalance in the energies, like move your body. So I agree totally. That's an excellent, <laughs> excellent cho- choice. Uh, obviously also with bars is the other thing that you and I have added to our life that it's really kind of changed our relationship culture, I guess, right? Including our work culture. Uh, cause we don't always choose it first. Sometimes we'll get into a hard spot first and then choose it. But access bars has also been an incredible addition because it diffuses the energy of the moment, but it also gives you more space personally to, to find new choices and new, new energy and new creativity. Well, I actually have a, a something to a funny, a funny episode about that. Um, previously to working with all these beautiful tools of access consciousness and access bars, I was too much into meditation since I was young and I, I experienced metaphysics and I experienced all these kind of trends and techniques and you name it. Then once before this presentation, doing a deep research on access bars and more about the human brain, I realized that there is this amazing, brilliant um, scientist, uh, Dr. Fanning, that he's done a research and compares the evolution of the coherence of your brain with access bars. So what I, what I found out is that I could have expanded hours and hours and two days and probably people that have been doing yoga kundalini they have the same kind of brain coherence that you get after a 90 minutes session of access bars had i read had i read this before experiencing access bars had been a little bit like clunky something like mm, trying to trying to compare something with something but now that I've experienced access bars and I read this research after access bars, it's, it's so simple. To, it's so easy to see the gift of this, uh, of access bars. Mm-hmm. So um, today, we may tend to not really be present with access bars, but for me, for you, for us, it's a gift. It's something that it takes us beyond any kind of cognitive response to stress or any logical movement when you feel stress. It's something different. Yeah, and I mean, we are we put our we've put ourselves in the kind of the ultimate stressful possibility in terms of being in a relationship, trying to create a business together, being two alphas. You know, like honestly, the number of factors again not in our favor in terms of living a peaceful life are. are pretty stacked on the could be stressful mm-hmm. angle. Yeah. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so it has been really essential for us as a workplace and as a, as a partnership to, to really find our way with this. And I think that's just true of, of anybody, right? Like your situation is going to be different, but if we don't address um, those energies, then they, they end up overwhelming us. Totally, totally. Like um, one of the gifts of access bars 
that we found is that no matter how complex the situation looks and no matter how no exit is in front of you, a session of access bars <laughs> will always give you a different always. result outcome of what you could have possibly imagined. But it's all about expansion. It's all about not having really any expectation. It's about like being open. Well, and, and the thing about bars is that it dissipates the thinking and the feeling and the emotions. And when you look at stress, what's happening there usually is a lot of thinking, a lot of feeling, and a lot of emotions. So bars dissipates all that energy. So what's left after you dissipate the energy that's creating the stress is you. And that's the thing you were missing all along. And once you are there and present and in a, you know, your nervous system is relaxed and you've dissipated all that energy. And now you, the being, now you, the being can play. And that's what, so I find that <laughs> such a gift to you and I, cause I mean, you know, we're navigating all kinds of things all the time as are all of us. Um, it's so helpful to have ourselves back in order to move forward. It is. It is beautiful. There is a, there is a beautiful something here about reading this, uh, article, uh, providing this conversation to every one of you. And so it, it is all about burnout and access bars. And here is how finally it gets linked. So the Dr. Tavera is kind of focusing on, she's trying to improve Dr. Maslach research because the, she says that Dr. Maslach research it doesn't have a direct link of burnout with suicidal. With um, there is a she's got a huge concern because she really says that suicide is substantially linked to burnout. So and we may, we might be missing some uh, very important indicators. So when I look at access bars, the co-creator of access bars, when he tells a story, when he met access bars, he had given the universe six months to leave before he was going to take his life away so he could find an answer, which he did with access bars. And something very similar happened to you where you were in a stage of your life that you really did not see any promissory future. You were more like probably easier to be dead. And you also found access bars. Mm -hmm. And I've heard many, many, many stories of access bars being like the catalyst of a change when you come into the last, one of the last stages of burnout when you become suicidal. Yeah, this is, um, this is big. Uh, and I, it really does take quite a lot, I think, to get us to that point of suicide. Some of us have been trying to cope with our life, our whole life. So by the time we get to that sensation of suicide, it's been 36, 40, 50 years, you know? Um, and so I think you can have the conversation of burnout on so many different levels. You can talk about it personally. You can talk about it from a work point of view. But once it gets to that point, it's literally like you feel like you've tried everything and nothing has worked. Nothing has shifted this feeling in your body, this sense of anxiety and end of your rope and fatigue, like beyond fatigue, exhaustion of just trying. And to be honest, um, I'm not surprised that, you know, I, I've, I've read things that, that after COVID, the suicide rate went up because it's like 
we aren't really shown that we can ask different questions and get access to different creative possibilities in our lives. And uh, so, yeah, gosh, I could talk about the suicide thing from a, from a few angles. I know is is actually is is a great is a beautiful topic. It's it's an evolution <laughs> of a, of a burnout, and then it's not only burnout. Burnout causes depression, but people got into depression, and after depression, the next thing is suicidal. So there's so many angles, and I know there's so many conversations we can have. Um, but before we move on into this next one, let's <laughs> so. What I would offer you who's listening is no matter where you are on the spectrum of things, you know, if you're just kind of starting to feel some stress, you know, or you're noticing that you're stressed a lot, or you're actually deep into exhaustion and fatigue and like still going, but, or you're just at the end of your rope and you're like, why? Never mind with everything. And you are heading towards those feelings. There is always another question you can ask. And I would gift you the question of like, what else is possible for me that I haven't considered? And to start to really ask that, if you need to every single minute, like however long you need to ask that, however many times you need to ask that. Uh, when Andres referred to my moment of just being so done, it was two, actually two years before I found Access Consciousness, but I was, I was at the end of my rope. I did not know how to be happy. I, my relationship was incredibly hard. I felt completely lonely. So this was a little bit different. It wasn't totally work-related, but I didn't know how to change my life. And so it really doesn't matter what the factors are. It's like you get to that point where you don't know what else to do. And so I'd been, do, I'd been feeling that way for like my whole life. I was 37 at the time. And so it got incredibly suicidal. I had a plan I was, I was about to execute. And then somewhere in the middle of that just you know terrible moment, I... I, there was just a cry in my heart that when I look back was the question like, what else is possible that I haven't considered? There has to be something else. And so when you do start to be that question, something else can show up. And literally two days later, I got a call from a new friend of ours and she gave me her appointment with this lady that did a thing. And I ended up seeing that lady for about a year and a half, three times a week. That's what it took at that time to keep me stable. But it was enough to get me stable enough to kind of start living again. And, and then my life changed again and, and unsettled and unbalanced. And I started feeling that way again. And that's when I reached out to the universe again and pulled into my life access bars. But, but I really want to stress, like stress, I want to stress, I want to stress in a conversation <laughs> about stress. <laughs> I just really want to emphasize that when you do start to ask a question, even if you don't know what the words are, it, the universe responds. And so start with the question of what else is possible for me that I haven't considered and just, you know, like hang on to that question, tie a knot at the end of your rope and just lean on that question because there is something else possible. There is, and listen, Fox, there is enough research material online that you can go after and go nuts. But if, like Crystal is saying, if you get to the end, you get to the point that you get that is the end of the rope and you, you can't really take anymore, one of the things I look at is look at your body. Just start, stay present with your body and see what is it. What else is possible with the question you just asked, but with your body? Yeah, yeah. We do, actually, we do 
access bars and that's i mean like the, the research is done and it's going to save you a lot of time see if that's for you if you get that something different your body requires mm -hmm. hey make send us a message say let us know that, that this is something we could actually um find a way to get you with someone that can provide you a session of access bars. Absolutely. And then, but then also if you are um, a leading, leading in a, in a company, for example, and you're listening to this and you're in human resources or you're one of the executives, it might also really create something to look at your workplace culture and what it's, what it's generating in the lives of your people. Because I think what's starting to happen and what we noticed at the event that we just did is that people are recognizing that we're not machines, we're people. And you have to be willing to, you know, this, this um, industrial culture that we've sort of adopted as the nine to five, well, for some of us, you know, 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. culture that we're, we've chosen as the only way isn't really the only way. And, you know, we started to really get that over the pandemic. And I know a lot of companies have adjusted and there's, we just spoke with one company and all their, their workers are all remote working from home. And so that's, provides people a different possibility, but it's just looking at what is your culture and is it caring for the bodies, you know, the people and the bodies, because if truly, if we keep ignoring, you know, bodies and we keep treating ourselves and others like machines, we are going to, it's, it's not going to, it's not actually sustainable. So it's also like with the access bars conversation, where can you start with it as a leader for creating a different possibility in your organization? And you don't need to know the answer. No. You need, I mean, all, all that I encourage you to do is just reach out. Yeah. Ask us. We can have that conversation. Totally. Well, well yeah. So anyway, so this is sort of the ADD romp through burnout land, but <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And, you know, like just sit with yourself and kind of assess, like, where am I at? And what can I add? What can I add to my life and my body and my reality that would really create some, something different? You're a gift. We'll talk soon.